At American University, we don't just hope for change, we create it. We don't just dream of a better world, we make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout DC to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash grad school. Enjoy the little things. For one day, you may look back and realize they were the big things. And that is the thought for today. Welcome to 7 Good Minutes. I'm Clyde Lee Dennis. Thanks for joining me for what I believe will be seven of the most enriching minutes of your day. In today's episode of 7 Good Minutes, our friends from the School of Life share some great insight with us on how childhood issues are affecting us in adulthood. Enjoy. No one intends for this to happen, of course, but somewhere in our childhood, our trajectory towards emotional maturity will almost certainly be impeded. Even if we are sensitively cared for and lovingly handled, we can be counted upon not to pass through our young years without sustaining some kind of deep psychological injury, what we can term a primal wound. Childhood opens us up to emotional damage, in part because, unlike all other living things, Homo sapiens has an inordinately long and structurally claustrophobic pupillage. A foal is standing up 30 minutes after it's born. A human will, by the age of 18, have spent around 25,000 hours in the company of its parents. A female grouper mother will unsentimentally dump up to 100 million eggs a year in the sandy banks off the North Atlantic seaboard and never see a single one of her offspring again. Even the blue whale, the largest animal on the planet, is sexually mature and independent by the age of five. But for our part, we dither and linger. It can be a year till we take our first steps and two before we can speak in a whole sentence. It's close to two decades before we're categorised as adults. And in the meantime, we are at the mercy of that highly peculiar and distorting institution we call home, and it's even more distinctive overseers, our parents. Across the long summers and winters of childhood, we are intimately shaped by the ways of the big people around us. We come to know their favourite expressions, their habits, how they respond when they're late, or the way they address us when they're cross. We know exactly the atmosphere of home on a bright July morning and in the afternoon downpours of mid-April. We memorise the textures of the carpets and the smells of the clothes cupboards. In middle age, we can still recall the taste of a particular biscuit we liked after school and know intimately the tiny sounds a parent makes as they concentrate on an article in the newspaper. During our elongated gestation, we are, at first, in a physical sense, completely at the mercy of our caregivers. We are so frail we could be tripped up by a twig. The family cat is like a tiger. We need help crossing the road, putting on our coat, writing our name. But our vulnerability is as much emotional. We can't begin to understand our strange circumstances. Who we are, where our feelings come from, why we're sad or furious, how our parents fit into the wider scheme and why they behave as they do. 
we necessarily take what the big people around us say as an inviolable truth. We can't help but exaggerate our parents' role on the planet. We're condemned to be enmeshed in their attitudes, ambitions, fears and inclinations. Our upbringing is fundamentally always particular and peculiar. Being children, we can brush very little of it off. We are without a skin. If a parent shouts at us, the foundations of the earth tremble. We can't tell that some of the harsh words weren't perhaps entirely meant, or had their origins in a tricky day at work, or are the reverberations of the adult's own childhood. It simply feels as if an all-powerful, all-knowing giant has decided, for certain good, if as yet unknown reasons, that we are to be annihilated. Nor can we understand, when a parent goes away for the weekend or relocates to another country, that they didn't leave us because we did something wrong or because we're unworthy of their love, but because even adults aren't always in control of their own destinies. If parents are in the kitchen raising their voices, it can seem as though these two people must hate one another inordinately. The altercation the children overhear, there was maybe a slam door and several swear words, it can feel catastrophic, as though everything safe is about to disintegrate. There's no evidence anywhere within the child's grasp that arguments are a normal part of relationships, and that a couple may be entirely committed to a lifelong union and, at the same time, forcefully express a wish that the other might go to hell. Children are equally helpless before the distinctive theories of the parents. They can't understand that an insistence that they not mix with another family from school or that they follow particular dress codes or worry as much as they do about dirt or being late represent a very partial understanding of priorities. Children don't have a job. They can't go elsewhere. They have no extended social network. Even at its best, childhood is an open prison. As a result of the peculiarities of these early years, we get distorted. Things within us start to grow in odd directions. We find we can't easily trust, or need to keep cleaning the room, or get unusually scared around people who raise their voices. No one needs to do anything particularly shocking, illegal, sinister, or wicked to us for very serious distortions to unfold. The causes of our primal wound are rarely outwardly dramatic, but its effect is rarely anything short of momentous and long-lasting. Such is the fragility of childhood, nothing outwardly appalling need have happened to us for us to wind up inwardly profoundly scrambled. Please keep in mind, this is about half of the entire presentation. If you're up for a treat, you should definitely listen to the whole thing. You can do so by clicking the link labeled View the Full Video on YouTube in the show notes. So that does it for this episode of 7 Good Minutes. Until next time, let's be civil to one another out there. Thanks for listening. At American University, we don't just hope for change. We create it. We don't just dream of a better world. We make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout D.C. to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash gradschool. Five-hour energy is energy on the go. But what if you're not going anywhere for a while? Then five-hour energy is for getting stuff done while you're stuck at home, like doing an honest day's work for your boss. 
Getting rid of old clothes. Oh, my old bell-bottoms. Scouring the grout in your shower. Working out on that old stationary bike. And so much more. Go to the store or order online at shop5hourenergy.com. 5-Hour Energy. Energy for hunkering down.